Hello, everyone, and welcome to Artifications Podcast. My name is Roland Ramos. I am the producer for Artifications. I am an arts curator, musician, and organizer based out of Brooklyn, New York. And Artifications is a series of documentaries and podcasts designed to make the international art world a little bit more accessible. So if you love to travel, we do the heavy lifting of finding the best each city has to offer by way of culture. If you're an artist, we ask the questions um, you may be wanting to ask yourself before even considering a show there. Artists are dreamers, and here at Artifications, we dream big. So visit us at artifications.us to check out our bank of documentaries, podcasts, and our growing list of hyper-localized artist resource pages. Today we'll be speaking with Lauren Watros. Lauren is a plein air artist based in Brattleboro, Vermont. And you can learn more about Lauren and Brattleboro as an art scene in our documentary, Brattleboro, A Bastion for the Arts in Southern Vermont. You can find the link located in our show notes or artifications.us or on our YouTube page. If you're on our YouTube page, go ahead and click subscribe. We're on our way to 400 subscriptions right now, so every click matters. Before we dive into our featured interview, I'm excited to announce that March 9th will usher the start of our Kickstarter campaign to fund an amazing editor. Artifications was founded in Sonoma County, California in December of 2016. Since we started, this is our first Kickstarter, and we're raising $1,500. That is going to go directly into post-production, freeing up what I estimated has been 80% of my time that I would otherwise be spending editing. This is going to immediately raise the overall quality of Artifications Productions, at least for the next three documentaries, which we will be producing with the money raised from this Kickstarter. For this, you have the opportunity to get producer credits, your name listed in all of our text from credits to descriptions, all of it. In addition, we will be sending out some awesome pieces of one-of-a-kind art from fantastic artists. If the gods are on our side and this Kickstarter takes off, which we will know within the first week of its launch on March 9th, then we look to raise the stakes financially. These include benefits tied to uh, proposed documentaries, proposed short documentaries, which will be uh, taking a subject matter, a single one, and discussing it for a minute or two, and other front projects. Of course, like I said, these are to be considered only if it looks like we're going to be passing the 1500 mark early. This Kickstarter will include three documentaries. Our first Kickstarter documentary deals with the arts ecosystem as it exists in Zagreb. Zagreb is the capital city of Croatia. Many people are more familiar with Croatia than they know. For example, if you've ever seen Game of Thrones, much of that was filmed in the coastal regions of this country. But we will be focusing our attention on Zagreb, its capital city, with multiple interviews with directors of multiple prominent Croatian art groups, public, private, state-owned, different kinds of galleries and our goal is to produce a significant documentary piece that will comprise a useful artist resource page and a humanities focused script discussing how the area's history has directly influenced its current art climate 
our second Kickstarter documentary that you will be supporting is a cross-country trip through the United States, filmed in the fall of 2020. The desired goal of this particular film is to capture a commentary on how art districts bravely handled a severely challenging time. We go through Chicago, Minneapolis, Seattle, Salt Lake City, St. Louis, and Kansas City to observe how galleries in their art districts were faring through a storm comprised of racial tensions, pandemic, reopening their businesses during a contentious political climate during a year of election. All these things were different in each city, and I'm excited to work with the competent editor to bring this project to light. Our third documentary discusses the Dumbo Arts District in Brooklyn. That is Dumbo, District Under Manhattan Bridge Overpass, the acronym. How did this wild and narrow stretch of the East River come to represent a thriving arts community? We hope to answer this and many other pertinent questions in the form of a well-produced documentary piece. This will, of course, include numerous interviews with gallery owners and artists from the area. But I want to stress that this one is really about how the area's identity has become entwined with that of super awesome art. Today's guest, Lauren Watros, is a plein air painter that is an artist who prefers to paint outdoors. In this case, Lauren is both an artist and an art teacher. I met her during an evening of prep and paint. I had never watched an artist clean off their paint palette before, so that evening, I filmed Lauren pressure-scraping gobs of amorphous colors, and I developed a new appreciation for art. It reminded me of uh, a musical theater piece, Sunday in the Park with George, whereby the protagonist, a painter, works with his models on the banks of a body of water to produce a masterpiece. Except George, he's a pointillist. You can learn a lot of things from this interview if you pay attention, such as how to activate your art brain and your office brain simply by distinguishing them, identifying them, and using writing techniques. Let's jump in. Southern Vermont, thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course, it was it was a pleasure meeting you uh, that evening. Uh, what happened was uh, I was invited by a friend of yours. Carrie Lynn. Yes. Carrie Lynn, yes. The efforts that were going on that night that I met you was that it was a Friday night and you had invited a few people over to the studio um, for an art creation night. Can you tell me yeah. a little bit more about uh, where, where it took place and what you were trying to create? Yeah, it was an evening open studio type format at River Gallery School of Art, which is right on Main Street in downtown Brattleboro. Beautiful place. And it was just... Um, friends of mine who are painters and drawers and sculptors and the idea was to get together on Friday nights you know for a few hours bring whatever you want to work on and just start working on it and you know socialize while we're doing it but everyone's pretty focused and it it's it's super fun but it also just helps people get going on projects that they were working on and you know it's a studio space so it doesn't feel like you you know you can get messy and you can do what you could use any materials you need to and everything so it's a pretty it's big really space and i understand that you're a plein air artist um so that means that you prefer yep. to paint outside 
I do. But I also, because of the plein air, I think I like situations. So like setting myself up and saying I have, you know, three hours or I have this sunlight and I'm going to paint this tree or I'm going to paint with these people. It has a similar vibe to it. So can you, you go, know, so can you go into that a little bit? Like, well, it's an experience. So like, um, you know, the circumstances of the experience, the people I'm talking to, the feeling I have in the moment, the colors that I'm seeing, I'm responding to that externally and then, you know, bringing my own internal stuff to it at the same time. So where else have you uh, lived the planner life uh, outside of Brattleboro? Uh, let's see. I did. have done some work in on the Baja Peninsula, um, and uh, my my family out there has a whale research uh, project, and so they, um, yeah. So I get to go out on the boat with them. I've gone out once recently for a few week, couple weeks, where I was just painting out on the research boat and. Um, let's see, what are other situations like that? I'm laughing because it sounds a little jostly, you know, if you've been on the water for any amount of time. (laughs) Yeah, no, again, it is. It's a tiny little boat, but I love the jostle because that relates to the waves. And so I use water paint and I just let it all come, you know, come out however it comes out. You know, there's things Mm -hmm. leaping out of the water and my paint is leaping around on the page, whatever. before you started leaping on a boat with your paints, where, where did Lauren uh, find her love of art? And uh, how did it bring you to Brattleboro? I grew up just over the border in Massachusetts, and my dad was a painter and an art teacher. And my mom was a weaver, and we had sheep. And um, I don't know, just the no TV. And I just learned to love things that were tactile and physical and anything creative, really like that. Uh, it was my entertainment and it was, you know, also just like an outlet for me to think about things and feel things and get them out into the world. Writing is similar for me too, just getting things out. So how, how did you end up settling on, uh, on visual art as opposed to writing? Do you integrate them both? What's your process? Yeah, I use the writing to bring myself into the creative zone a little bit more, you know, like I kind of call it office brain versus creative brain. So like if I'm in office brain and I need to transition out of it, the writing is super helpful. Even just like stream of consciousness writing or you know, going blah, 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 office brain, office brain words, and then eventually getting myself into a much more like open zone where I'm making associations that are from all different sources in my life, internally, externally, and I'm seeing the connections in a way that to me is more the creative brain. So it seems like you're shifting frequencies, so to speak. Yeah, exactly. So about about this um, frequency shifting, I noticed that you went from office brain to art brain, so to speak. It's something that in the artist community that it seems that a lot of artists can benefit from from developing this office brain. Can you speak a little bit uh, to what has helped you develop this this office brain more? What 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 the office brain does as opposed to the art brain? Right. Yeah. It well name 
framing it to begin with was has been really really helpful to me so i use it for you know when i'm organizing thoughts for teaching for instance and i want to um uh you know, make sure that I don't forget to write a list and send an email and write a document that has to be formal. And I think that that part of me um, can get really hyped up. You know, like I can get really into the that regimented, organized, um, okay, all, I ticked off all the boxes. I don't want to forget to contact so-and-so and, you know, make this connection. Oh, I have to follow up with this other student. And it's a really great, um, it's a really great thing to have. And I absolutely have to have it for, for the business side of, of all of it. But I absolutely can't be in that zone when I'm creating. So hmm. naming the two different ways of being, I think, is a huge part of it. Very cool. Naming, identifying it, because by identifying it, you could say this is objectively different than that, the art brain. But yeah. that, that's really helpful. Yeah. Um, this is cool. This is cool because I... As, a, as an art teacher, as an educator, as somebody who, you know, helps budding artists create um, and, and possibly make a living, I think it's important to identify these, these, these aspects of ourselves. How long have you been teaching? I've been teaching for a good six years now. Um, college, adult classes, uh, kids' classes, teens, all different ages and mediums. And I do find that it's somewhere in between. You know, the teaching is actually an in-between zone. It's like I have to be there for them as uh, a, as a teacher and also bring my creative uh, brain because I have to kind of be in the moment with them mm -hmm. in order to mm -hmm. see and feel what they're seeing and feeling and so that's a wild ride especially on now it's a lot of it's online and so yeah it's just a, it's all an experience kind of like the plein air or the you know creating experiences with people teaching is just another one of those experiences do you find it draining facilitating do you find it draining as an oh yeah because you have to switch <laughs> switch hats all the time oh yeah yeah it's definitely, I try to keep two full days in a row that are just studio. And that's, that's my minimum, you know, as I, I could, I could go months with just studio and, and be well as well. But for, on a weekly basis, I try to keep two days in a row where I'm just what I think of as like, like space traveling kind of. <laughs> well, thank you for giving your all to your students, really. I, I actually wanted to to pivot <clears throat> to yeah. Brattleboro, the the town in which I met you. Uh, yes, and I've had so many great memories, and I just swoop in. Hopefully, I get more than like five, six hours. You know, mm -hmm. once I did an overnight, and I was ecstatic. You know, <laughs> but I love to come in. I love to. I'm a musician, so I love to. I, I've played so many gigs in Brattleboro, and I've never booked any of them. I just basically give it. Hey, uh, anybody playing? <laughs> oh, that's great. What is it about Brattleboro that keeps you there? So you moved north well, from Massachusetts. It's like it was a decision yeah. to go somewhere as opposed to go anywhere else. What was it about it? 
oddly the towns around here that are all fairly close together each have a really different feeling and Brattleboro definitely has its own unique um, feeling it's just, it's a pretty well cultured town for a small town and that definitely affects me I mean the arts the music it it's actually it can be really hectic here with how many different things there are to do there's concerts all the time there's um, galleries that are open all the time, um, restaurants and everything like that. So I don't feel like it's, we even, you know, we have the museum too. It doesn't feel, um, it doesn't always feel like the community is huge, you know, in terms of diversity, but the, the richness that we can get from the community that we have is pretty great. So something I noticed about Brattleboro and I think for a lot of Vermont towns particularly, is that the centers of the towns don't have any big box businesses. They're all on the periphery, but yet it leaves for smaller businesses to kind of bubble up. As an artist, uh, what kind of ecosystem have you found? I, I started showing when I was a teenager in Brattleboro, and I got involved in cooperative galleries. So it was all word of mouth. Everything around here is walking around on the street, talking to people, Really, that's that's key is that people are approachable. People are incredibly approachable here. I mean, I lived in Chicago. People are approachable there. But people here are like almost, you know, it's almost I I, I don't I, it's sort of unprecedented. I haven't really been to anywhere else where you can feel so at home um, being any kind of any kind of freak, really. <laughs> <laughs> Which, which I find very comforting. I mean, the, you know, the freak factor could definitely fly higher in this town. We could, we could handle more, but it's, it's at a pretty good, it's at a pretty good level. Yeah, Brattleboro itself is a beautiful place. Uh, I know that it that has a, a younger community that's coming up, making art and getting creative and weird, so to speak. Mm-hmm. You know, so you came in, you started, te- you started participating as a teenager. And later yeah. you got into these exhibitions. And so now... And then, the, yeah, yeah I, I mean, I was motivated to go off to school at different times to, you know, because of that environment that motivated me to go learn in other places, you know, and then come back and bring that to this place, which I think is what a lot of people bring to, you know, there's a lot of transplants from New York and a lot of people that bring different... Um, elements to the town and always have a lot of writers a lot of musicians that come here to work because it's it's actually even though there's so much going on you can concentrate so it's that good mix of introverts who like to have creative stimulation yeah well i definitely felt that same way about brattleboro that like you can be by yourself because the cold kind of does that to us anyway but at the yeah. same time, if you need to get out and have your Friday night party night, so to speak, there mm-hmm. is more than enough uh, atmosphere all over town, uh, different ways mm-hmm. to pique your interest. Now, about about that interest is that like once a month you have these art walks in Brattleboro. Um, mm-hmm. What what is a could you could you take us through your experiences of those? Uh, how often are you participating in them? Um, at least a few times a year. I mean, I try not to oversaturate in the one area you know I which is fine because you know I don't want to I don't want to show more than that anyway um and there's you know a few different in there's independent venues that are run by the artists and then there's um 
galleries that are more like, you know, run by um, a, a couple of owners who, you know, cho pick and choose what they want the aesthetic to be more. So there's a real eclectic zone and a real artist run zone. And then there's a little bit of a, a different, you know, more professional gallery type zone and all those things each one plays a different role that are that are really important, and the cafes too. They show a lot of art. Yeah, um, I, I definitely love how the cafes participate. You know, yeah. um, there were a few that didn't, and um, yeah, <laughs> the, the whole place is just wonderful. Um, you live in a really beautiful place, and uh, we have two record stores and three bookstores. I mean, it's crazy. Independent. I mean, that kind of thing really makes a difference, right? Yes, of course. I remember when I see a bookstore living in Brooklyn, I'm like, what? What? <laughs> I can't There's got to be. It's, it's a cover. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that a real book? Look at anyway. <laughs> anyway, I just want to say, Lauren, thank you so much for yeah. taking some time to speak with me and, for, and to speak with us, frankly. Uh, where, can we, where does your art live online? Where can we find you? I have a website. It's www.laurenywatress.com, and I'm on Instagram as lywatress. Yeah, watchers. Once again, thank you to our guest, Lauren Watros, and everybody in Brattleboro, Vermont. Check out the documentary at artifications.us and follow us at all of our social media. This has been Artifications, where we make the art world just a little smaller. Recorded in Brooklyn, New York, the music you hear is by Roland Ramos and James Rasmussen. Keep creating. <laughs>